On Hit 92.9. You can take control of your money. Get access to your pay early, anytime, anywhere. Your money in your account within minutes. Visit mypaynow.com.au to find out more. Terms and conditions apply. On Hit 92.9. Big show this morning. Next, we had Luis Navia on the phone, which is... Did. Yeah, one of the biggest drug traffickers in US. Yeah, Pablo sort of stuff. He Pablo, was I with mean, Pablo 25 years. How much money did he... Uh... 15 mil in one swing. Man. In one swing. The chat is insane. You have to check it out. Also, mm. what did you get whacked with? What was the weapon of choice yes. for the youngster? <laughs> when you were a kid, have a listen to our podcast and let us know what you think. Bye. Love yous. Uh, what was the weapon of choice in 2018 it was? You can blow with that. You can blow with this. What's that? What's that, boys? Your oh, weapon of choice. Weapon of choice. You can oh. roll with that. You can roll with this. Yeah. So you we're talking about when you uh, were disciplined as a youngster. Right. We, had a, we have a friend, Jules, don't we, who had to discipline their daughter uh, last two nights ago now. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't like it was back in the old days. It's more just of a <laughs> rah, 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 rah. Yeah. No Whereas mm. back in our day, it was a little bit of a whack, 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 whack. Wooden spoon, the oh, bell, the electrical cord. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and my old man used to say, half now. Surrender <laughs> or full later when I get you. Yeah, I used to take a punt occasionally, oh and he used to simmer. Oh, I, used to, I used to turn up with a VB stubby out of the fridge and be like, "You dad, surrender." Oh. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Michael, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good. Yourself? Well, thanks. Now, was it you at the end of it, or is it with you and your kids? Uh, me at the end of it. Okay. Was, uh, my mum with the old uh, plastic hairbrush. Yes, oh. same as me. Did your glutes ever turn into steel and when you're a bit older and she whack you with a plastic hairbrush and, <laughs> and it'd break in her hand? <laughs> it did. Um, yeah. so How good is that feeling hairbrush. when you... Oh, it wasn't great. She got even more mad. Oh, 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 okay. oh, oh. <laughs> Now, my old Chook thought, oh, I think maybe we're overdoing the whacking well, stuff. Well, you see, the thing is, is that when it breaks, they have to go off and find something else. So you've got, got a chance upgrade. to run away. And their hair's no good for a week. Yeah. So replace the item. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, I think she got mad because, yeah, the hairbrush just, mm. she couldn't use it anymore. Yeah, that's no. it, mate. Uh, good morning, Josiah. Have I said that right? Josiah. Josiah. Yes. Have I said yes, that right, uh, mate? Yes, yeah. Oh, All beautiful. right, what was the weapon of choice? Um, so my mum, uh, single mum, used to use a Oscut of Jarrah. What's that? <laughs> oh, that really? <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it what? was... Oh. Probably about uh, 40 centimetres by probably about one and a half centimetres, um, yeah, off cut of Jarrah. So like a, like a ruler used to use at school? <laughs> well, yeah, it's just a lot thicker and harder. And, yeah. Yeah. Like worse. Would, yeah. Mate, the <laughs> yeah. welts. Just cross the arse though, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but she would um, like leave me to stew um, for a couple of hours at least oh. and wouldn't tell me when she's coming. And then she would um, also... Or oh, I at one stage I wrote discipline sucks on the piece of wood. Oh. <laughs> I kind of carved it in there, so yeah, I kind of got double the amount of smacks that day. <laughs> Mate, Josiah, did you spell sucks S U X or S U C K? Yes. Believe it or not, I actually spelled it like correctly, oh. but Ooh. I I, mis- I misspelled discipline. I was going to oh, say, yeah, I think okay. discipline would be the word I would struggle with right no, but now. Cool kids go to S U X. Thanks, Josiah. All right, let's go to Kira, babe. What was the weapon of choice? Mine was uh, my dad used to use the belt. My mum used to use the wooden spoon and anything around her. Uh, <laughs> and a thong. She would use a thong. A thong. You used to get chased by a Ma- thong. My mum would throw it at me. <laughs> like she, I, I could see be, that. I could see that so easily. I could easily. be hundred meters away. My mum would just take it off her foot literally do a throw like a like boomerang a <laughs> and it would hit me up across the back of the head and then literally return to us. Did you catch, like, she was you catch you with it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hey, Kira, can you remember a couple of things you did to get the old uh, thong across the backside? 
Um, I think one, I was really young and I tried to run away from home when you're at that stage. Yeah. yeah. And then for the wooden spoon, I would swear around the house when I was younger because I'd just copy my parents. Yeah. yeah. It's always and, a funny one, isn't it, Kira, that yeah. you hear it from your parents' mouth, but then it slips out of yours and the world yeah. ends. Yeah. I remember I got a yeah. flogging because I said the word mole. Oh, did you? No, I said something <laughs> bad one my, ne- my neighbor said something, like, she used to use it a lot because she was, like, 10 years older than me. Yeah. And then my brother was standing in front of the TV that night, and I was like, move out of the way, you mole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I got a flogging. Oh, Nath, good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. What was your weapon of choice? Or what was the parents' weapon of choice as a kid? Uh, so we had a tree out the front. I think it was called an umbrella tree or a rubber tree or something. Yeah. And she'd always run out there and snap a branch off and she'd come inside and it would bloody hurt. I'd pop it across the hands. And if I move, if I flinched or moved my hands, yep. she'd add another one on. Yes. Oh, oh mate. Was my... the, did the tree bear by the end of the, like, I don't know, by the time it moved out or what? <laughs> no, it had plenty of branches. Okay. Money doesn't grow on tree, but discipline does. Yes. <laughs> Good morning, Trace. How are you, mate? Hey, how are you going? We're going really well in here. That's what was the good. weapon of choice when you were a young tacker? Oh, we used to get a little offcut of the garden hose. It used oh. to sit on the roof and get conditioned. Um, bright spark that we were when we moved, thought that we could get rid of it, threw it away, yeah. and uh, it's quite easy to get garden hose, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I used for offcuts for many Bloody things, hell, the garden that's hose. A lot. Yeah. It stings. Yeah. <laughs> I love, it how, it I love it how casual everyone is about their weapon of choice. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was just the off part oh, of the garden back hose. back in the day, you know? that's just the way it, it was. was. Yeah, I mean, now yeah. you hit a kid, they'll call docs on you, seriously. You'd yeah, be, no, it was expected. You'd be in trouble. Anyway, thank you very much for calling in, Trace. Hit 92.9's. Now, for those that are just joining us and didn't haven't heard this week, I've decided that I'm going to write a children's book and dedicating it to my little niece, Dre, who was born a couple of weeks ago, and to Xavier's... We, when are we going to just call, start calling her Doc? Why? Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre? I could call her Doc. Here we go with Doc now. Yeah, okay. I reckon, I reckon we've moved into that atmosphere. Okay, all right. And Zave's uh, baby that's coming along in the next couple of weeks. Two weeks mm. today, I think. Yes, but it is um, book week coming up, so I thought I'd write a, a book which... I just want to announce that I've actually done it. Oh, it's, it's done? Well, I've come up with the title, come oh. up with the storyline. I'm actually just looking at getting illustrators at the moment. Dang. But what I thought I would do, obviously, is try and organise a, fo- a focus group, right? Yeah. So mm. that I could read the story to and just see how it plays along. But because of like these unprecedented times where you know there's not a lot of people in the studios yeah. and stuff like that, I had to go with... Kevin. Now, Kevin is a beautiful Labradoodle. Now, I love dogs, right? But there's something about Kevin that actually just puts the biggest smile on my face. Mm. Anyway, I've got some audio of me trying to read this book to Kevin. This is how it went. Okay, Kevy, you ready for story time? Now, for every couple of pages you get through, I'm going to give you a little treat, okay? Now, you just lay there. Oh. All right, let's go. No, 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 no. Sit, sit. Tree. Okay, I'm gonna treat you to get you back. Come on. Alright, let me I'll move to you. Come on, Kev. Kill it. Kill it. Good boy. Ready? Look at the box. Hey, are you paying attention? Hey. No! Kev, my story's interesting. Come on. The story. I'm only a quarter of the way through. No, don't go. Hey, Kev. And try to let out a big yawn. Can you yawn, Kev? We'll move over here. But there was no sound. I know, right? Unbelievable. So 
happened to his little voice? He didn't lay down, young and lay down too. This was not a bad dream. Have you had bad dreams, Cap? Sit. Sit. Good boy. Hey, I'm reading you a story. Hey, here, I've got a little treat for you. Come on, come on. Oh no, I lost the treat. Cap. Come on, the treat. Cap. Yes. Good boy. You're a good papa, aren't you? Jumping into the car, the radio station was playing, and guess what radio station it was? It was Hit 92.9. And little Dave's favourite Brecky announcers, Xavier, Jules and Pete, were on! Are they your favourite as well? Yes, they are. Did you sit there the whole time and listen to that? <laughs> oh, well, he was uh, running around the studio, and but can I just say, and I don't know whether this just means that my story might be boring, but he fell asleep. Did he? He did. He laid down <laughs> on the beanbag right next to me, put his head down and started to drift off. So this could be a, a, a brilliant a br- bedtime story, right? Beautiful. Puts, beautiful. puts you to sleep. Yeah, yes. that's, that's great. Anyway, yeah. um, we did capture it on video as well too. Oh, nice. So you can check the video out at Xavier, Jules and Pete on Instagram. Hit 92.9's Xavier, Jules and Pete. Luis Navia was a cocaine trafficker for nearly 25 years for the deadliest Colombian and Mexican cartels. He spent five years in jail before beginning a new career in construction as well as his own consulting business for private clients. He also liaises with the US government in regards to anti-narcotics law enforcement. His story is now immortalised in the book Pure Narco. Please welcome Luis Navia. Good morning. Now, Louise, tell us, why did you decide to finally tell your uh, your story? Well, I always wanted to do it. I uh, just, you know, right after I got out, I started uh, my own construction business, and that took up a lot of time. Years went by, which were actually good years because it gave me time to reflect on everything, put everything into context. I just didn't want to write it right coming out of mm-hmm. jail. I wrote part of it while I was in, in prison. So it worked out fine and then i hooked up with this great writer jesse fink it's really difficult to put 25 years together and uh he's he's got the mind that works that way mate the uh so drug trafficking and you 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 dealt with the the biggest cartels in the world how did you get into drug dealing what was the day that you started uh, to get involved with the the cocaine trafficking well the cocaine trafficking uh actually happened when I met uh, this girl that she was hooked up with the Mex- uh, with the Medellin cartel. Yeah. That's when it got into the big leagues, let's yep. say. Before, it was just a little bit here and there at Georgetown, and when I was a disc jockey at 96X, or uh, worked in the accounting department, but worked with the, all the disc jockeys. But big time was through the girl I met. Right. Are you, are you worried about, um, I mean, obviously telling your life story and obviously, you know, telling things that had happened in those 25 years, are you worried that there's going to be any retaliation from that? Not really. The only thing I'm worried about is losing my anonymity. Yep. You know, I've always been anonymous. Yep. And now suddenly my name's out there. That's hard to get used to. Mate, the pa- Pablo Escobar is someone we, we know over here in Australia purely through um, obviously, his works and TV shows and that sort of stuff. What was your relationship with Pablo? I met Pablo once at uh, Pablo Correa's farm, another Pablo that was very big and yep. an associate of Pablo's. And uh, I worked with Pablo's uh, partners, Negro Galeano, Pablo Correa. I moved a lot of his merchandise 
Lewis, I feel like I've watched like a lot of like too many, maybe too many TV shows, but is there any moment, I mean, 25 years, you would have met some very dangerous men, including yourself. You would have been yeah. dangerous yourself at the time. Is there any time that you really, you know, you thought to, you've actually feared for your life or you came so close, close to death or anything? A few times, you know, uh, once in Mexico, and I, I picked up and almost got thrown into the crocodiles. Once in Venezuela, when we were ID'd. And we had to hightail out of Margarita by wall. I was very scared. I knew that if we were caught in Venezuela at that particular moment, we'd be butchered. Yeah. Very scary situation. And the time I was uh, held in, in Colombia for almost a month, and uh, I really thought I wasn't going to come out of that one. Yeah. Absolutely. You were eventually arrested in uh, Venezuela in a dramatic arrest. Did you know they were on your tail, or was it a complete surprise? How was the day that you eventually got arrested? I was told about the tail by a taxi driver. Then we left to Maracaibo, and I thought I had shaken them, but uh, not so. Later on, I found out that they were tracking me via some other device. So that's why they mobilized to Maracaibo and picked me up. I was just about to cross the border. I was going to take a taxi and cross the border to Colombia in, in a matter of hours, and these guys picked me up at a, at a shop, you know, at a shopping center, mm-hmm. big shop. Yeah, that know, was a bit of a surprise. Oh, was it? <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're laughing at your incarceration. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> now, Lewis, I, I thought this... I was, uh, you know, scot-free. I thought I, I'm crossing the border in two hours. I'm out of here. Yeah, goodness. So it close to didn't freedom. exactly work out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lewis, this is one thing I've always wanted to ask anyone that was, you know, involved with drugs as far as either, you know, producing or trafficking or anything like that. Now, is there a sense of guilt now that you're out of the game, but you, you, you know, you would definitely be aware of the deaths that are involved when it comes to people, you know, taking drugs and things like that. Is there any guilt that you had, a, you know, a part of that for 25 years that, you know, people get addictions and they, uh, you know, ruin their lives and or, you know, essentially die? No, there, there's no guilt. No, no guilt. There's a lot of sadness. Yep. They're sad because guilt, you know, how can some, you know, I did that for 25 years. You know, what am I going to be guilty every day? Yeah. I know. I knew it was a, a, a criminal business. I knew it was illegal. I did it in an honest way. That's why I'm alive. But it's sadness. Yeah. yeah sadness cool. at the corrupt way that this whole thing is being handled, mm. how it's totally abusive that the peasants that grow this coke make the least amount of money, that the cartels make it all. Uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration, you know, bless them. They're great people. I, I got to admit, personally, they're great people. But as an organization, the way they're going about it, it's sad. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of sadness around mm-hmm. this whole thing. Guilt? Yeah, okay. You know, uh, I'm very sad for myself. Yeah. I should have quit long time ago. But guilt? I mean, you know, I feel guilty for myself for being such an idiot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> put it that way. But I... I I do feel sadness. Yeah. Sadness, yes. Hey, mate. It you, is sad that people die. You, yeah. Mate, you mentioned uh, the, the money side of things and the cartels. What was your biggest haul of cash that you made? And what was the biggest amount of kilos that you, you sort of trafficked in one hit? The biggest amount was probably about 5000 And the biggest hit of cash was probably maybe we... Fifteen million. Fifteen million Jeez. and five five ton of cocaine. Well... Wow. Yeah, but that, you know, that was $15 million that I was splitting with my partner. Yeah, of course. And it wasn't all me. No, no. H- how do you move, how do you but, move um, that many ton of cocaine? What was your method? Well, at the end, we were using freighters. Mm. Yeah. 
you know, I remember I went from, you know, fast boats to airplanes and to, to freighters. Yeah, okay. Hey, mate, you got five years prison. Did you feel like you got a bit of a light sentence? Like five years uh, in Australia, sometimes you get five years for, for not a lot. Sometimes you get it for a fair lot. You've, you've you know, dealt a lot of drugs in five years. Was that a fair sentence? It was fair for what was happening at the time. The yep. major, major uh, cartel leaders had already started negotiations with the American government, the DEA mostly, yep. on how to get their sentences reduced. And they had meetings in Panama in reference to all this. So there was already an air of cooperation. In the end, this is a business to us. We don't, you know, swear a blood oath. We're not part of the Jacuzzi or some secret organization. This is a business. Yep. As cartel leaders started to negotiate with the U.S. government on reduced sentences, that was the atmosphere okay. I was caught up in. Right. That's when they arrested me. These options were on the table, so I took it as a business negotiation, and that's what I negotiated. Yeah, so where, where did you spend your five years, and was it uh, like a maximum security prison, or was it um, you know somewhere off to the side a little bit? Well, the, when you're picked up and you're not sentenced, you get sent to the uh, federal detention center. That's like a maximum security prison. Yep. Once you're sentenced and they classify you as a violent guy or a nonviolent guy, if you have 10 years or 40 years, I got sent to um, prison in central Florida, which was a very nice place. Yep. It wasn't a camp, but it wasn't a penitentiary. Okay. Right. So you have people there that had 10 years, 20 years, and then people that have 30 and more, they go up to a medium. Yep. And then there's the penitentiary. So I can't complain a lot of time to myself, read, sports, lost weight, played the drums. Yeah, mate, we got to leave it there, but that was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Your story was amazing. Pure Narco tells the story of Luis Navia, the Biggest cocaine trafficker in America in American history and is available now at all good bookstores. Mate, thank you so much. Uh, privilege to chat to you this morning. Likewise. Thank you. You have a great, great day. You thank too, you. Lewis. Bye. You too, mate. Cheers. Bye. Hit 92.9s. You can take control of your money. Get access to your pay early, anytime, anywhere. Your money in your account within minutes. Visit mypaynow.com.au to find out more. Terms and conditions apply. Save your tools and peas. On Hit 92.9. Save your tools and peas. On Hit 92.9.